had a baptism. Later we will take communion. And I, I just want to start with here. Now, I don't need a show of hands, but I'm pretty sure everybody in this room knows what brand this is, right? All right, but here's the question I have for you. What's the phrase that comes to mind when you see this symbol? Just do it. So here's, my, here's where I, I kind of want to start at this morning, is that that was a marketing phrase that was created in 1987. Some marketing firms, so they made millions off of that, right? And it's memorable, and we remember, we don't, you didn't even have to see that today, and you knew, just do it. Well, here's my challenge for us this morning as we think about that Nike swoosh, as we think about that phrase, is that it can be an inspirational rally cry, or it can be a bullying command, right? As people wear Nike shirts, and that's kind of part of who they are, that's part of who their brand is. But we did not come here this morning to talk about Nike. We came here this morning to talk about Jesus. And I want to remind you this morning that almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus had a far greater rallying cry on the way to the cross, and he said, do this. Do this. And that's where we, that's the title of this morning's message. That's where we are today. Do this. What is this? Well, I'm glad you asked. We will begin to unpack that. As you saw this morning, we had baptism. So there are two ordinances that Christ left the church that we are to be doing until he comes back or until he calls us home. One is baptism and one is communion. And so this morning, this this that we're talking about that we will partake in in just a few minutes is communion. It is the broken bread. It is the, the cup of wine, the cup of juice there that we have that, that is uh, symbolic of what Christ has done for us. And so I want to invite you, if you have your Bible or you have your Bible app, if you will make your way over to the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John, so sandwiched there. Go to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 22. And I want us to begin reading in verse 14. The word of the Lord says, And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him, And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover, hold on to that word, with you before I suffer. I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then we see in verse 19 and 20, and he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Where do we see that? Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this is the cup that is poured out for you in my, in the new covenant, in my blood. And so what we see here this morning is we see this phrase, do this in remembrance of me. So Nike has just do it. And the thing that we need to remember this morning, I want to call your attention to, is what is it, right? Just do it. Well, as far as the world is concerned, as far as Nike is concerned, it is whatever you well pleased to do, whatever satisfies you, sin or no sin or whatever. It is all about you. 
And here, as we come this morning, as we come to the table, and Christ has prepared a table for us, and all are welcome at his table. But as we come to this table this morning, we need to remember that it's all about him. It's never about what we've done. It's all about what Christ has done. Do this in remembrance of me. And then we see in this text, and it said what, that he took the bread, and after he had given it thanks, he said, this is my body which is given for you. He took the cup, this is my cup that is poured out for you in the new covenant of my blood. So this morning as we think about communion, and sure, in the Baptist realm, our communion looks a little bit differently, right? We have the wafers and we have the juice, the cup of juice. But pre-COVID, one of the most beautiful things that I can ever remember taking part in was during the summer restore project through united ministries a bunch of churches came together and we partook in communion and one of the things that i appreciated about that and you can't really do it now because of again covid and we're all germaphobes which i was a germaphobe before covid but um i'm surprised my family did not say amen uh anywho so what was beautiful about that is is as people came up, I held the bread, and they literally tore. They, they would come by, and you would tear off. You would tear a piece of that, and as they came by, I would say, this is his body, which is broken for you. It, it was very participatory, right? Because we just take that, and, and we take it, and it's like, well, what's the big deal? It's huge. This is my body, which was broken for you. The person next to me was holding the cup, and you would take that bread, you would dip it in the cup, and you would take it, and as you did, they would say, this is his blood, which was shed for you. See, what's interesting here this morning as we look at the Lord's Supper, I want you to see very quickly three things, very quickly three things, that we are to look just as they were here as he's meeting with his disciples, and and I don't have enough time to go through it all, but it was fascinating to study this because they, he said what? He he said in, um, he said in verse... 15, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with, before you. See, they had come, and they were having that Passover meal, and it was a reminder of what, what God had done in the Old Testament, right? Where You remember the story where they, had the, they went and they put the blood on the, on the post, and, and the, de- the, the angel of death would pass by and, and spare their children because they saw that mark. And so here they're coming, and they're, it's ceremonial and it's a celebration. He desired to eat that Passover meal with them. And so as we find ourselves in this picture, this is right before Jesus is headed to the cross, right? He, he's been teaching. He's been preaching for three years in his ministry. And so this is one of the final meals. And what's beautiful about this is as people came in for the celebration, celebration of Passover and to worship their week-long celebration, that basically lodging was free. And what I found that I'd never seen before in this text is that we see this in the upper room, right? We see this taking place in the upper room. And what that was, it's a beautiful picture of where the rabbi would take those students underneath them, those disciples, those ones that were following him. He would take them into the upper room, and it was a place where he would become intimate and pour out his heart 
to them. And so what we see here in this text is the fact that just before Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross, he shows them and gives them the greatest picture. He gives us the greatest picture of what is about to happen on the cross of Calvary, that he, his body is going to be broken. Friends, as we're not in the Easter season, but the thing that I remember is I've studied this. He was beat with a cat of nine tails. It basically was a whip with a bunch of strands with rocks and other things, other shards. And when they would beat him, they would whip him with it and it would literally wrap around his body. They would rip it back. And when they did, it just literally just ripped his flesh right open. You say that's gruesome. No, that's how much your father loved you that most people didn't make it past the beating. They didn't make it past the whipping. But he was not going to die that way because the cross still stood in the distance for him to go and to conquer that and to conquer death. Amen? And so as we see that this morning, we cannot miss that picture. So this is an intimate setting, him with his disciples. And there's three key words that I want to give you. That they are, and, and this is true for them and it's true for us, that you have to look back. So this morning as we come to the table, as, as the text said, as, as Jesus sat with his disciples, that there they were looking back, there was the present, and they were looking forward. Same thing for us today. What, for them, they were looking back. For us, we're looking back on that moment with them together. For them, they were present with Jesus. And they were looking forward. He was showing them of what was going to happen to him. Friends, we in 2022, we look back and see that it is paid in full because of the, the because of the shed blood and the broken body. It is paid in full. There is still hope and we serve and worship a God of redemption. Amen. The world we live in, they will crucify you faster than Jesus on the cross on social media. They don't have to have facts. They don't have to know everything. They see a piece of a clip. They see something that was said, and they attack you, and they will wear you down until you are totally broken. But I'm here to remind you today that God is a God of redemption and that if any of us in here this morning were ever to say, well, I'm not worthy. No, even I'm not worthy. Amen. None of us are worthy, but we are broken vessels of which he uses to pour out his hope and his truth and his love to those people that he places in our path. So we're, we're to look back and see that it's paid in full. And today, as we come to the table, we, we're here in the present they were with Jesus, but here we are communing in the here and now. It is about communing. It's about fellowship. It is about that wonderful, perfect bond that we have within the body of Christ, that we are coming together, and our focus, our attention is on Christ and Christ crucified. But we're to look forward. So for them, we look back and see it's paid in full. As we come to the table today, we see that there's hope. There are many people in the world around us today that are hopeless, they are, they, are, they are putting their faith, hope, and trust in their marriage. They're putting their faith, hope, and trust in their bank account. They were putting their faith, hope, and trust in their 401K until they recently checked their statements. Amen. I'm glad I don't have very much money because it really didn't impact me very much. But some people, you see them. And where is your faith, hope, and trust? Jesus has called us to be about serving, about working, until he calls us home. Think about Mr. Jimmy Davis right? What do we see in those pictures on that slide? Here it is, an older gentleman. He's not done yet, but he's finding a way to serve the generation that's coming behind him. He, and the smiles and the laughter. I, I know, or how about, or how many of y'all are thankful that you got to spend time with Mr. Jimmy this week over here? How about, y'all can give him a hand clap. How about that? Was that fun? All right. Awesome. It's a great picture that we're to be serving. 
So here I want you to see, I can't go into everything, but I want you to know this. That typically, listen, that they would have had their own cup. However, it was a shared cup, and it was Jesus's cup. Just like the disciples were to share in his sufferings. Go read 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1. It says what? That if we, he's the God of all mercy, but also if we're to share in his mercy and in his grace, that we're to what? Share in his afflictions as well. So we will, following Jesus has a cost. Listen, what we see about communion, what we see in this picture with the disciples today, is that it was a place a place to commune became a community. A place to commune became a community. What I mean by that? There was, they were communicating intimately. What did I show you? See, we missed that in the text, that Jesus takes them to the upper room, and that's a picture there in the New Testament of the day and the times in which they lived, and where he would take those disciples, the rabbi would open up his heart and pour out his heart to them freely and, and be raw and real with them, and that's what he was in this moment. So they were communicating intimately, and then they became what? A community. They became a unified body. Listen, friends, you can't have community until you learn how to commune. You hear me talk about it a lot, that, that our goal here at Bethel Baptist Church is that we want to be a place where people can believe, belong, and become who God intends them to be. And one such way that that's going to happen is we want them to know Jesus and we want them to know community. We want them to be in an intimate setting because circles are better than rows. When you sit across from a brother and sister in Christ, as they share their story, you, you weep with them. You, you, you're broken because of what they've been through and the hurt that they've seen. And so it's there in that session. It's gathering two, three, four people around, studying God's Word, loving encouraging one another. But we must learn to be intimate in that setting just like Jesus was in order to have a unified body. Here's something I want to share with you as well. <clears throat> Communion is about remembering. As we get ready in just a few minutes to partake in communion, it is about remembering. This morning we celebrated baptism. Baptism is about celebrating. Remembering, celebrating. We're looking back to the cross, the broken body, the shed blood. And what did Jesus tell us as he goes to descend back to heaven? He tells us what? Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, listen, somebody in here needs to hear this today. And behold, if you're following Jesus, what did we talk about last week? When you're following Jesus, you can't pray the storms away, you can't wish the storms away, but when you're following Jesus, you will get through the storms, amen? The other thing here this morning, if you're following Jesus, if you're taking next steps towards him, can I remind you of what Jesus says, his words, not mine, I am with you always to the end of the age. We have hope, amen? So here's my thing, I'm going to go from off my notes to just Holy Spirit inspired, you know, Shout it out, Lord. I don't know. But listen, 
Why is it whenever we leave here, we're more concerned and consumed about talking about what somebody had on, how somebody was dressed, how somebody was acting? Are we taking the message with us, and are we talking about that? Are we digesting that? Are we marinating on that? Are we taking it and sharing the points that we hear, the scriptures that are bringing us hope, the things that we hear in messages that the Lord helps you to see? Are we taking that and passing them on to other people? Because if not, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Criticism is not a spiritual gift, amen? It's not. We don't need any more critics in the church. We need servants. We need people that are sold out to Jesus who have come to serve and to make much of him. So we see this today that communion is about remembering, baptism is about celebrating. But listen, friends, they're both all about Jesus. They're not about us this morning. Praise the Lord for what Jalen took that next step and Lindsay took that next step. But it's all about what Jesus has been doing in their hearts and lives. That baptism this morning does not save them. It's a faith, hope, and trust in Christ and Christ alone. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, him. We're celebrating that. What did I say? Whenever Lindsay was baptized, we said what? That you're buried in death with Christ and you're raised to newness in life. Scripture tells us what the old has passed and the new has come. There's new life in Christ, amen? Do you believe that? Are you living on mission and sharing that? As we come this morning, I want to give you a time of reflection. Because here's the thing, as we get ready to partake in communion, first and foremost, communion is for people who have put their trust in Jesus. At Bethel Baptist Church, we believe in open communion, in the fact of, unlike some churches in our around, they believe in a closed communion, to where you have to be a member of their church to partake in communion. We believe in open communion. But the thing is, what I want you to see here this morning is it's open to anyone who's put their faith, hope, and trust in Christ. Didn't ask you if you were a church member. Didn't ask you how often you attend. Didn't ask you if you attend Sunday school. Didn't ask you if you tithe. Where is your faith, hope, and trust? Is it in Christ and Christ alone? That's where it should be. And so this morning, we're told that we're not to take communion unworthily. And so I'm going to give you a moment to have a time to reflect on this. I'm going to ask um, Chris Plant if he'll come. And we're at, what I want you to do is, is awesome begins to play. I want you to use this ne- these next few moments as a few people read from God's Word. I want you to just bow your head and use this as an opportunity and a time for you to reflect upon Christ, upon the broken body, upon His shed blood. And here's the thing. When we get ready to pass communion in a few minutes, if you don't feel like your heart and mind is right, don't take communion just because it's being passed. Nobody is going to look at you. Nobody's going to say, oh, why? Why is she doing that? You know, oh, I know the sin she has. Don't you worry. You worry about yourself. Don't look around. Stop comparing yourself to the wrong standard. Look up. Look to Jesus. He's our standard, not the person on the road with you across this room. Christ and Christ alone is our standard. And so I want to invite you this morning, if, if you feel so led, just pray. Use this as an opportunity. As the psalmist says, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Listen as as Chris begins to read. In Isaiah 50, in Isaiah 53, 3, the prophet Isaiah, it's recorded, says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It is one from whom men hide their faces. 
he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed his stri- him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Isaiah goes on to say, And we, like sheep, have gone astray to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and sheep that before it shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. You know, this morning I, I've invited you as Austin continues to play. I just invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes, not looking around. And, and I, and I want to read this for us as well. I'm going to be quiet for just a minute. I'm going to allow you to spend a moment with the Lord and, and to pray and to ask Him to search your heart, to search your mind. Friends, God designed communion to be an intimate act of remembering his flesh and blood. More than just an exercise of the mind, he wanted us to actually eat the bread and drink the cup. And communion is not just about intimacy with Jesus. It's about intimacy with one another. So friends, remember that Jesus had just washed the disciples' feet and commanded them to love one another just as he loved them. It was after this that he taught them to stare at his broken body and his blood and to remind them of how much he loved them. Friends, as we consider the cross, we look around the room and when we go to leave, we should be asking ourselves, am I willing to love people in this room to that extent? Are are you willing to love people to that extent? He had just washed their feet. Now, some of y'all, y'all got some stank feet. Like, I, I I don't want people touching my feet. If you've never been through a foot washing, it is a humbling, humbling experience to have another person, another man, another woman to, to go to a woman and to wash their feet. In Jesus' day, they didn't have nice closed-toed shoes like we did. They had sandals, and their feet were dirty from the dust and the dirt of walking on the streets. But it was there tenderly that he knelt and he took their feet and he washed them and he began to dry them off. And it's a picture of who we're to be like Christ, that we're to go to those that are suffering and we're to, we're to wash their feet, we're to love them unconditionally. Listen, friends, this probably sounds impossible to most churchgoers, yet it is what Christ asked of us. I want to give you just a moment now, if you will, just bow your heads and and just pray. Allow the Lord to search your heart and mind that you may not take communion unworthily. Maybe you need to pray like the psalmist, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Lord, help me to see the sin that 
that I haven't asked for forgiveness for. Lord, that bitterness towards my friend, towards my family member, Lord, help me to to give that to you. Lord, forgive me of where I've sinned in thought, word, and deed. Let us pray. Father, thank you for a day to come together once again. Lord, to gather as the body of Christ and, and to reflect, to, to, put our, to put our focus towards you. Father, I thank you for this beautiful service that we have been a part of today. Celebrating next steps as people walk faithfully and humbly with you. Father, as we prepare to partake in this communion as we prepare to come to the table lord i pray that that our hearts and our minds are clear lord that we would take it and that we would remember as we do take it lord that there was a cost for our sins lord that you loved us so much that you were beaten despised rejected lord most people never made it past the cross never made it past the beating to the cross but you did because it was the father's plan so, Father, help us as we partake in this communion to reflect back on your broken body and your shed blood, which is still offering hope if we'll simply come. With a childlike faith, if we'll simply come to you and, and put our faith, hope, and trust in you and, and follow you and, and, and turn from ourselves and turn to you. Father, I pray as we partake in communion today, help us keep our eyes on Jesus. We ask all this in your son's holy and precious name. Amen.